a minute now. What is going on, folks? Welcome to tonight's episode, the second episode of season four of the Running Gun Podcast. I'm Jay Peeps. I'm Ace. And tonight we welcome back our very special guest, our dearest friend here in these Twitter shoots, <laughs> Miss Allison Posey. So how you been? Thanks for having me. I've been good, man. It's thick, uh, thick of football season, you know, between Florida State, Florida A&M, Valdosta State, high school football. It's mm. uh, it's that time of year, man. We are full go and uh, ready or not, football, football's here. I'm, I just, I'm, I can't believe it. <laughs> Honestly, it flew by. That offseason flew by so fast and everything. And dang, it's like, even like for me, because, you know, I'm a grad student, we do everything by quarters. This quarter is already halfway over, which tells me football is almost here. So yeah. it's like, it's wild. I mean, literally next week, high school football teams in Georgia have their first games. August 19th is week one for high school football in Georgia. So we are legit. What, a week and a half out? I mean, it's, I think it's, it's the same, same here in Florida because school started today in Florida. And yeah, Tampa, so, Florida, so I assume it's the same. Yeah, Florida has preseason the 19th, and then their first like official games are the are the 26th, so mm-hmm. the week after. But I mean, it's I can't believe it's, here. it's bananas. Wow, that's insane. But um, you know, folks, we got a lot of good stuff for you. We're going to you know talk a little bit talk a little bit about the scrimmage, talk a little bit about the new coaches fam you brought in. We're gonna. I actually want to get Allison's opinion on all these suspensions and everything around the NFL. Uh, a few, a couple other things that I can't think of right now. Uh, Ace, you, can you think of anything? Yeah, we got um the HB uh, NFL teams are hiring HBCU medical students now for their football teams for their uh med programs, like you know training staff. So that's something that came out today. Uh, there's some other stuff in the NFL we got to talk about training camp. People standing out, college football, some Auburn issues going up there. And then we got the fantasy football stuff breakdown and hot topics. But yeah, I mean, let's we should make sure you like, share, subscribe, and let's hit this intro and get going. Let's do it. What's going on, guys? This is JP. This is the Bull. This is JC. This is Flash. This is Denny Hendricks. And you're listening to. And you're listening to. And you're listening to. And you're listening to the Run and Gun Podcast. We didn't put that intro on last week. It was a different intro we put on last week. That was the same intro last week. I could have sworn. No, no, it wasn't. But we're not going to get into this right now. Start with the HBC stuff. <laughs> there was there was the old intro and there was the new intro. So that's what I was saying. That's the new one. I'm not going to do this with him tonight. I'm not going to do this with him tonight because it's going to result in me being called an old man. Because um, he always he always tends to do this. Now, all right, let's go and dive into it. So, Famu added two new position coaches. 
this offseason. I'm, I'm, I'm honestly not sure what happened to Coach Lemke and company, but um, Allison has the full scoop with the additions FAMU has made. Uh, so, Allison, you know, fill us in on it. Yeah, um, I mean, I think it's uh, it's kind of ironic because we I went to practice today and we talked to, to the two of them. Um, I mean, both of them are, are great guys. Coach Morgan's coaching the safeties. Colsey's coaching cornerbacks, uh, I believe. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, both of them, Coach Colsey played at Florida State, so he's kind of come back to Tallahassee. Uh, you know, he played under Coach Bowden and Coach Mickey Andrews, which if you can play for Coach Mickey Andrews, you automatically have my respect because, mm-hmm. as anybody knows that followed that team, uh, Coach Andrews, he don't play around. So exactly. uh, pretty cool to have him back. And he actually went back as a GA and coached with them too. So he kind of has that, I played under them, I coached with them, which is kind of neat. And then Coach Morgan mm-hmm. – uh, he played at Virginia Tech. He played in the NFL. So he's got that kind of big game experience. But what I think was the neatest thing about both of them wanting to come to Florida A&M was that Coach Simmons contacted them. Coach Colsey told us he took 10 minutes and said, I'm going to tell, I'm going back to Tallahassee. Like it was that easy of a decision for him. And the same with Coach Morgan. I mean, they both wanted to play for Willie. I actually asked him, you know, what is it about Coach Simmons that made you want to come to FAMU and, and coach under Coach Simmons. And he said he's just a great guy. I mean, he's a good father figure. I ask him for advice. So I think that says something when you have guys that want to come to FAMU. I mean, FAMU is FAMU. They're a winning program. They're expecting big things out of this season. But mm-hmm. it's the coaching staff to coach alongside with them that has these coaches wanting to come back to. So not only are you coaching for a great program, but it's a good program with good people to be around. And I think that's also the main draw uh, for these coaches that have come in. Big facts. And I think that's a testament to what I was, what I did. when I culture? Yes, the culture. And what I was telling Savion when we had him on last season, I was telling him about, you know, the attention to detail that I don't think a lot of people realized, but I know he realized it, but like the ability to like, you know, make, he plays late in games, make those key catches, the key, my, my key takeaway with that was in the Alabama A&M game, I hate to harp on the past, but it's the truth. The Alabama A&M game was a game where Alabama A&M had multiple opportunities to the game away. They couldn't do it because I think them and Southern honestly lacked that mental toughness to last late in games. Fam, you had that. And therefore, you know, with these key additions, like you said, that they've made, that does nothing but adds more to that mental toughness. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the other thing, too, that I wanted to ask was, you know, uh, and I know you got the story dropping later on, but can you give us just a little bit of like a tidbit of what you took away from what you heard at the scrimmage and what what you heard today? Yeah, I mean, I think one of the big things about any football team, fam, you included, is that you have your fall camp, and then the scrimmage hits, and the guys get in like a game type. It's not no longer situation; they're not putting them in situations. It's this is a scrimmage. So you really kind of see what you really need to work on. And he said penalties was a big thing that they're, they are trying to clean up this week. Um, we were talking a minute ago about the quarterback battle. I mean, it is a true battle between Rashawn McKay and Jeremy Musa, who is the Vanderbilt transfer. Uh, we talked to Jeremy today, and he's like, look, like, I know um, 
kind of what I'm coming into. I bring that experience. He said, it's just a good group of guys to be around. So they're feeding off of each other. It's not like, you know, you hear quarterback competition and you're like, Oh, you know, they're going at it. They're not, they're feeding off of each other. They're building each other up. And coach Simmons told us today that both of them are getting equal reps with the ones. I mean, they're literally going throw for throw rep for rep. So they're both getting equal time. And coach Simmons said that I asked, him I said when, when are you going to make a decision like who is going to be the quarterback of this Florida and football team and he said that they'll probably wait until game week which is that North Carolina week but he said don't be surprised if both of them see significant playing time through these first couple weeks of the season now that could be coach speak that could be I don't want to answer your question and we're going to delay this a little bit but I, right. I do think that both of them are feeding off of each other and the longer you can keep this going the better they're going to be uh, you don't want to tip off other teams as well and I don't really think we're going to see much of a decision that UNC week anyways. Uh, it, it is the North Carolina game. Let's be honest. They care about that week one game a little bit more than that week zero game. <laughs> I, yeah, exactly. Uh, I see the reaction. So if mm-hmm. any decision is going to be made, I think they're both going to get equal reps at UNC. Uh, maybe one a little bit more than the other, but I think a decision will be made uh, that Orange Blossom Classic week against Jackson State, um, which I think hopefully anybody would agree with me there. Uh, but yeah, that first week is just, kind of feeling each other out, see who, who can do better in those pressure situations, and then you get ready for that week one week. Facts. Take the words right out of my mouth, really, honestly. When she said everybody's looking forward to that week one, I was like, yeah, everybody should be considering the amount of smack coming out of uh, Jack and State this whole off season. <laughs> this whole off season? How about, like, since oh. last season? If we're being well, yeah, honest. since last season, but I mean, like right. they the picked it up ended. a lot. It hasn't stopped. It really, it hasn't stopped. It you know, and especially, you know, I'm interested to see, and I know this is, I don't, I don't want to jump the gun and go further down our list of topics, but I mean, if we're going to talk about Week One games, I'm interested to see Jackson State. I'm interested to see Travis Hunter, how they use him. I mean, there's been mm-hmm. talks about him being a two-way guy. Is he really going to be a two-way guy? What is he like? I mean, I, I, I'm i interested to see. So so we'll see yeah. what happens. But that is a game that I think I'm interested in, and I think everybody else is too. Allison, I got a question for you on the, on the Travis Hunter. I know when it was uh, the media day, we saw Travis Hunter in a boot. Is there any update on him? Because they haven't really said much on that whole thing. No, I, I and I and I'll be honest with you, I haven't looked too far into it just because I mean I don't cover Jackson State day to day. Um, but and this is just me speaking. Deion Sanders is their head coach. <laughs> if anybody's going to promote a work. It's going to be Dion. So was he really hurt? I don't know. I have honestly have not looked too far into it. Uh, but if that kid can play, he's going to play. Big if I had to guess. And this is just me. This is just me talking. This has no, I have no substantial facts on any of that. But uh, yeah, I mean, I thought it was very, well, I thought it was very interesting that he brought a true freshman to media day because you don't see that a lot. But I mean, he's a highly touted freshman. Freshman. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's he's obviously a huge get for not Jackson State, but for ECU athletics in general. Um, I mean, I, I was very shocked when I saw him at Media Day because you never see true freshmen come at any level. I mean, that's very rare yeah. to see a true freshman, 18-year-old kid fresh out of high school at a Media Day. That's usually something you honestly see, like, in college basketball, really. You don't really see it in college football. 
But I mean, if there's always a first on everything. Mm -hmm. person, I, would, I said, I said, Aubrey Miller should have been there, but that's another debate for another time. Um, so my next thing is, so I, I know we all saw it. North Dakota State and Tennessee State, they're in talks with potentially scheduling future games in 2024 and 2025. So I mean, so I don't know what y'all's think of how that's going to play out. Um, I'll let Allison go first. Oh, I don't know if you heard me. Uh, I mean, I, to be honest with you, I think is the real deal guy when you see yeah. programs they're the best, the best i mean there's a reason why they won what they won um mm. i mean i have no issues with things being on big stage with big games i uh, i mean the, the more you exposure you can get for fcs athletics i'm down for it I think, you know, the Orange Blossom Classic, being on ESPN, you talk about traditional rivalries, classics. I mean, any time you can get these games on a national stage, I'm mm -hmm. good with it. I mean, I, I think I don't think it's a bad thing at all. Oh, I don't either. Actually, I enjoy what Tennessee State did, what they're trying to do, showing that, you know, North Dakota State's North Dakota State's willing to come out of that frigid Fargo dome and come down south and play a team HBCU down here in the south. Tennessee State's willing to go up there. I, honestly, I feel like teams need to follow Tennessee State's example. I mean, you should be willing to schedule a series with North Dakota State. I mean, look, if you go if you go up there, it's not too cold. You have to the elements. You're in a dome. Jackson State, you too. You get your butt out of the cave and you go up there and go play them. No, they only want to play SEC schools. We're And we know that won't end well. Yeah. I mean, this is the thing, though. Think, think about if you're a football fan and say mm -hmm. you, don't, you don't really have a lot of FCS football, which is fine. Mm -hmm. Pretty much everybody knows who North Dakota is. Yeah. Because of what they have done at this level. So mm -hmm. even if you're just a casual fan, you have heard of this program. So right. even if you haven't heard of Tennessee State, I, you know, or you just watch HBCU athletics, uh, and maybe you don't know North Dakota. I mean, now is a good time, though, again, to kind of bridge that gap. North Dakota State is something that everybody knows. So it's a chance to, to again, to put that on a national stage. And if, and if, a, and if a network can pick this up, I like it even better. Max. And I was gonna say, I mean, if if ESPN was smart, they would start picking up a lot more of the HBCU games now that they're off the docket for the Big Ten. So I, I would think if they were smart, they would go look Absolutely. into that direction and bring some more of, of the HBCUs, and then coming on and putting it on because you're gonna have some maritime coming. Mm -hmm. But see, because I've always said, and I, I I think the last time me and Allison talked on on here, I said it too. I would much rather watch whether it be Fox Sports Sun or whether it be like ESPN or anything like that, I would much rather watch an HBCU game on ESPN on a Saturday in the middle of football season versus watching, say, Appalachian State beat the crap out of somebody in the Sun Belt. Oh, absolutely. 
absolutely. Well, you got to think too, the fan bases too. To me, they're a lot more passionate. You're going to have people travel, and I think it's better football. So I'm with you. I remember having this conversation last year with you. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I'm, I'm moving to a different part of the building, guys, because the service is not good in my office. So that's why I'm moving around. <laughs> oh, all good. All good. I'll you do you. You're fine. Um, but I'm going to say we can continue on to the uh, the week zero, week one games, or where do you think we're good with that? I was going to say, actually, I was going to ask Allison, you know, who's her preseason favorite to win the swag or to meet for the swag title? Oh, well, oh, I think oh, she oh. just lost her connection. So. Yeah. I guess we can recap our uh, last week episode. Where I say, we're gonna be hmm? recapping with. What are we recapping? I don't what? know. I'm just. <laughs> oh, I mean, I guess we, could say, we could say it now. Isaiah Land, Jamari Sharid, and Xavier Smith all named stats preseason All Americans. I know Isaiah Thanks, Land, and Jamari Sharid were first teamers. Xavier Smith was a third teamer. Okay, and she is back. <laughs> well, okay, there yeah. we go. Much better. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> so, yeah, Allison, I'm going to uh, present this one for you. All right. This is a question? Yes. yes for, yeah. Okay, who is my preseason favorite to meet for the SWAC title? I – oh, God, I had this question posed to me on a podcast the other night, and I get so anxious answering um, – <laughs> Let me put it this way. If FAMU can beat Jackson State, the East is theirs. So if that happens, I think it's them and Southern. Read my mind. Again, spoiler alert this Friday, yeah. FAMU preseason breakdown comes out. I'm just like Allison. I think it's going to be FAMU and Southern. Yep. If, if, if on, now on, if FAMU – I'm not going to be a homer. If FAMU mm-hmm. loses to Jackson State, I think it's Jackson State and Southern. Yeah, I, and I, I agree with that too. I think whoever I wins that, and I hate that that game is week one because it, it I don't want to say week it messes one is the up the whole week. season, but I would love mm-hmm. it so much more if you play through the whole season and then you get to the end and so much rides on that game. Yeah, I, I honestly, hate that it's week one because it is like, such a big game, and and, and it's not going to be like that every year. So you can't bank on scheduling to determine, you know, who's going to be who's going to be the Swackies champ. You, you, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, in ten years, like that game, they may be irrelevant. You know what I mean? That game may not matter yeah. as much because there's so much yeah. weight on it. I wish it was mm-hmm. later in the year because after week one, they control their own destiny. After that, you know, and if you lose, kind of like how FAMU did last year. You have to hope for certain things to happen, and you have to win out. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, I think whoever wins that game controls controls the East, and then they will face. I think Southern's a lock. Yeah, I I, I agree. Because, I mean, I honestly said I thought that – I thought Hugh Jackson and Grambling, I mean, I like the pieces that they added, but, I mean, I still need to see the plan put into motion. But if he can get it right, I think that that Southern that, – that Grambling team is still like a year away at least – yeah, but I'm with you. I'm with you. Um, I, I said this um, last week. I said whoever wins between uh, FAMU and Jackson State will play South Carolina State for the celebration. I would agree with that too. Yeah, you're getting you're getting one step ahead though. So, oh uh, well. 
There's no offense to the Southern fans out there. It's just that that just what I was thinking. Because you watch how they played last year. You know, it was a one-point game off of an extra point deciding the whole thing. Yeah. Like, they're going to play tight. And we – I you, if you look back to last week, you would see my reaction when uh, JP told me that the spread was 21 points for the uh, week one game. No, no, it's not. That's not what the spread is. I said that's what some people are saying. Oh, that's what the, they're saying. Okay, I got, I got that mixed I up. But there was like twenty-one points. Yeah, that's not happening. That game will be one possession, and probably be under a field goal in the final score. Yeah, and I will say like that Southern game at Bragg. If you don't have tickets for it, get them now. That game is going to be bananas um i I remember when southern was there a couple years ago my ears were ringing it was nuts i mean it was so much fun it was loud i mean it was exactly the reason why fam you needed to move to the swag i mean that was like if you needed proof of concept that game was why um and i fully expect it's going to be the exact same way uh, at the end of the season Facts, because I, I was there too. I was there that night, and that was I I had never seen outside of homecoming. I'd never seen a game like that. Oh, it was nuts! It was, and I'll say this: homecoming, like people wise, it was the same, yeah. but atmosphere so much better than homecoming because yeah. homecoming is supposed to be a win. You're there to celebrate. You're there to have fun. You're there to party. Mm-hmm. It's supposed to be a win. Mm-hmm. Southern's a rivalry, so yeah. that get the atmosphere to me at least was so much better than a homecoming game. Numbers wise, it was the same as homecoming. Atmosphere mm-hmm. wise, to me, it was so much better than a homecoming because oh, yeah. it I meant can... to me it meant more. And it felt like the fans were so much more engaged from the start to the finish. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. The bands going at it, like again, if you needed like. Why why do we need to move to the swag? Think about that game, and that was the yeah. reason why. Exactly. And the comment here was, I wish it wasn't after homecoming. I think a lot of people wish it wasn't after homecoming, but I, yeah. I've heard, too, that strategically they did it like this in order to sell tickets. I can see that. You know, that weekend's also homecoming for uh, – the homecoming weekend is also Georgia Tech Florida weekend State. for Florida State. So we'll have two games in Tallahassee weekends yeah, I'm still, that same weekend. <laughs> I'm still trying to plan out how to maneuver this, honestly. Yeah, I think I'm you and everybody else. Maneuver. I'm pretty sure Tallahassee Police Department's trying to figure out how to maneuver all of it with uh, directing traffic. So uh, yeah. you and everybody else, my friend. <laughs> One comment here, wish it was FAMU versus JSU for the SWAC title. Yeah, honestly. If I mean, hey, gonna arrange know, that, yeah, I would like if that. If you too. add two more teams to the SWAC, then I think then you're going to end up having to move Jackson State over to the West with Alcorn. Yeah, I, I could see that. Yeah, it it would make sense. Um, geez, I forgot what I was going to say. Actually. Oh, here it is. Funny you say that about Tallahassee PD because I left from here on Friday – afternoon i got into tallahassee around like i didn't realize i kind of figured to myself i was like you know what a city like tallahassee there's not high, there's no highways to get you from point a to point b like this there won't be that much traffic i get off from i-10 i get to the stadium to go meet up with my people and 
the traffic just to get past the Capitol building was oh traffic's always like that oh yeah listen i've been here this is my this is my eighth football season in tallahassee and i still Mm. can't figure out the route to go on big game days still to this day it's just kind of like you guess you hope you leave early enough you get a break you find a parking spot like i still can't figure it out so don't feel bad that's insane that was just a friday night too like my yeah See, Ace, Ace, you you need to come with me one of these years and see this for yourself. Like, you will just be like, it's nuts. It's it's nuts. I tell everybody, you got to go to a FAMU homecoming just to experience it. It's it's so much fun. I told, I mean, just the the food. The uh, it's just, uh, you get out of your car and it's just like all these smells of good cooking everywhere. (laughs) It's, It's incredible. Austin's gonna make me hungry in the middle of the show. Uh, yeah, that's, about that's time. the point. That's the point. Um, but let's move on to the NFL now. Um, I can't ask Allison the nitty gritty questions, but I can ask Allison, you know, one of these tougher questions here. Uh, uh Marquis Bell taking first team reps in preseason. No, what? No. yeah, you know what? Yes, that is what I heard about. I, I'm really rooting for him to make the team. Honestly, I, yeah. I truly, I think he will. I think he will too. Honestly, I think as far as like being someone that's going to be on the field playing, I think that he is what the Dallas Cowboys are going to hope that Keanu Neal was was going to be for them. Because he's big, yeah. he's fast, he's strong, he can hit you, he can play anywhere all over the field, and I think that that's what they were hoping Keanu Neal would have been, and he didn't pan out to be that. So I think now I think that's why he is there. I'll tell you this about Marquise. So I guess about a month ago, um, I I went, I did a story on like summer workouts for Florida A&M and Marquise was actually there working out. He's mm. this off season, you know, in between camps, he came back to Tallahassee to work mm. out. And I thought that was so cool because you could go anywhere. And he said he felt yeah. at home in Tallahassee. He felt at home at FAMU. Um, this is where he wanted to be. He felt comfortable here. He liked the training here. Uh, mm-hmm. So humble, so appreciative. You know, I asked him, you know, being undrafted, did you have a chip on your shoulder? And he was like, no. He's like, I just got to go out there and prove myself. And, you know, it is what it is. And this is what I have to do. Just very, very humble. Um, like I said, not, not bitter at all about anything. And I think that's, I think that's something to be said. Just very respectable. Um, and he looked, I mean, Marquise has always been, you know, a big athletic guy, but he just looks so much more cut. Like you could tell the way his body has changed and the way he's working out. Um, I mean, he, he, he looks great. I mean, he, the, the workout he was doing, I wanted to throw up just looking at it. Like, um, but yeah, I mean, they gave him a workout and he, he's, he did it at FAMU this summer, which I thought was really, really cool. And he's not the only athlete that does that. I mean, there's been several athletes that come home and work out and stuff, but he was like, I could stay in a hotel in Dallas or he's like, I could come back here and work out. And he's like, and I love FAMU. So I thought that was really neat to want to come back and, and be with his, you know, old teammates and his strength coach and coach Simmons and, and work out on the field that, I mean, he, he's a legend. And I, I think that he's, I, I hope I'm with you. I hope that he makes a team. I hope he has a long, healthy career. Um, just, just, just a good, good young man. Um, and I'm, su- I'm, I'm just excited for him. And I'm excited to see what he does. I agree. That's, their first, their first preseason game is actually this week. 
Yeah, this week uh, Dallas plays. I want to say Cincinnati. I believe it is. Dallas. I honestly have no idea, but I will check that for you. Yeah, double check that. I know it's going to be on NFL Plus. If you don't have NFL Plus, make sure you go get it. It's this new thing the NFL is doing now. Uh, Cowboys Broncos. Broncos. That's right. They play the Broncos, I believe, in Mile High. So that'll be like your first chance to see Marquise, actually. And if if you can't see it. I believe Thursday night you can see it on replay NFL Network because we all know NFL Network loves Gary Jones and the Cowboys. We know. But um, as far as the suspensions go in the NFL, you know, I understand. I know the NFL appealed Deshaun Watson's thing, trying to get him out for a season. Allison, what are your take on the, like, like the numbers as far as like, the games these guys do? As far as suspensions go, because you know someone got a full year for weed, but Tom Brady got four games for footballs. And then yeah, you got, I, I mean I yeah, I, I'm sorry, my my phone's breaking up again too, so I'm sorry if I don't sound normal. Um, yeah, you normal. You're good. You're good. Okay, I, it's just it's making weird noises on my end, so I don't know how it sounds on your end. Um, I can't. You know, I, I can't fully give my opinion on things. Um, oh just, man, no, I know. Per my per my job, I can't. I I can't. Yeah. You throw it up, but right. I, I try to say as important as I can. All right, we'll switch it over to um, if you want. Oh, well, oh, I'm gonna move over to the Jimmy G thing, but I was gonna throw it over to this. I think she'll be back. The trades, potential destinations. Yeah. I think yeah. she was gonna cut it because of the uh, the sound. You know, it was crackling. Yeah. I think if she turns her phone horizontal, it will it'll stop. Oh. Allison, turn your phone horizontal and see if the uh, the noise will stop. So the microphone will. Well, it can't just be... cut me out. So I don't know if I have that service or what. No, mm. I think it was the microphone because it was on like okay. the table. It was kind of like. No, they're still Yeah, constantly. it's my service though. It keeps it keeps dropping me out. So I'm I'm sorry. Oh, you're good. Uh, I think it's just a Tallahassee issue because we had the same thing with Savion when he was on campus. Yeah, we did. Yeah, we really did. And we're our station is actually not in Tallahassee. We're in Gaston County, which probably has worse than us in Tallahassee. So like I said, per per my job, I try to stay as impartial as possible, right? I don't like to put too much of my opinion on things especially kind of quote-unquote controversial stuff um but i will say that that it it just it makes you scratch your head um you know we were talking about it at work one day and i I think the john watson stuff they were civil cases which made the big difference i think they weren't criminal cases so i don't know if that had something to do with the with the punishment, um, I don't know, but it, it's it's you know Calvin Ridley gets suspended what a full year for mm-hmm. gambling. Yeah, um, there's two dozen women that are accusing Deshaun Watson of sexual assault, um, and he gets suspended what six games. So it just kind of mm-hmm. makes you scratch your head. The the, the criminal civil stuff. Probably has something to do with it. I don't know. I, I can't get into into the NFL. We're gonna we're gonna I, save I you the uh, 
I'm, I'm gonna cut you in so we can save you there, and we're gonna move it over to potential yeah. trade destinations for uh, the top guys who've requested trades between Jimmy Garoppolo, Kareem Hunt, and uh, Roquan Smith. Yeah. So, where, where do you think they will go? I think you can give your opinion on this, and not be, you, you yeah. should be good with that. Well, Garoppolo, his is a salary cap. I mean, that's why the 49ers kind of want to part ways with him. So, it's going to be more of who can afford him and who has the room to afford him. Smith had issues with the team so where is he going to feel comfortable that he didn't he doesn't have issues with the team so a lot of it is just finding the right fit both financially or in other cases where you can fit in and um not have personal issues (laughs) so there's that too i mean you would think that these decisions would need to be made soon um, I'm interested to see where Garoppolo ends up, though, because, again, money is a big factor. Um, you know, who needs a quarterback? That's the thing, too. And who needs the style of quarterback that he is? That's the thing with a quarterback, too. You can't just be put anywhere. Um, and you have to watch out for yourself. I mean, you're not going to want to go to a team that is not going to cater uh, to the type of quarterback and to the type of play that you need to play to succeed. So, I think Garoppolo, his will most likely be, you know, he will have to wait until a guy who's already on a team gets hurt. Because you always see this every year. Like, the QB1 always goes down on some team, whether, like, we saw with Jameis last year, that kind of situation. And then that team will go and trade for Garoppolo and bring him in. Whether or not, like, they give extra compensations, like, when they renegotiate the deal, so, like, they'll reduce the salary cap, I don't know. If it's a team kind of like in that situation for Garoppolo, but Roquan, I think his is he wants to get paid and he wants to be appreciated and not what happened in Chicago, you know, with the Nagy situation and then Iberflu's coming in. Mm-hmm. It, it's been a mess in Chicago yeah. from the get go. So, yeah. I was gonna say, yeah, I think, honestly, I think because Jimmy G specifically said that they, in the, the 49ers, he said, you know, we're going to wait till the end of the month. To get to send him to where he wants to go, he can pick out where he wants to go. Where he wants to go, we'll send him. For Kareem Hunt, I think Kareem Hunt's situation is more so. You know, I think he's tired of being that running back number two behind Nick Chubb, and he wants to be an RB one somewhere. And he's proven that before. And we just lost her, but I'll I'll, I'll keep on. Going. I, I really think it's an internet issue in that whole area. <laughs> yeah, I think so too. Um, but yeah, I think I think Hunt's situation is more so a uh, you know he doesn't want to be Roll. anymore. He wants to be a starter, much like Jamal Williams when he uh, when he got out of Green Bay. AJ uh, Dillon will be the same thing, I think, eventually. Yeah, in Green but- Bay. He he's gonna be what Kareem Hunt's doing right now, you know. Because Kareem Hunt, when he's on the field, he's really really good. I mean, we know what happened with him at Kansas City. I'm not talking about that, bringing that up, but. He, he, he rebuilt himself now, so he wants to go and be that RB1, like you said, and there's not a whole lot of teams that need one right now. Facts, facts. And I think Roquan Smith, I'm, I'm like you, Alex. I think, you know, I think he, he needs to find a fit for himself. Um, and then also, I think, like, with, with Roquan, I think he's, he's starting to see the Bears are in trouble this year, honestly. The Bears are tanking. 
Yeah. But <laughs> for who? I don't know. Because <laughs> I feel bad for Justin Fields. I feel really, really. I, I, I was high on Justin coming out, and now you're like, he's got Darnell Mo- Mooney, and that's it. Like, his receiving core is so bad. His offensive line is so bad. Mm-hmm. And yes, I did hear about Jameis' ankle, but they said it's not a big deal. So he's they're yeah. gonna just keep him out week one of the preseason, like most guys don't ever play anyway. So yeah, I shrug my shoulder. But what 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 the Saints also though, if Kamara, the whole Kamara situation is a weird one because his court date gets keeps getting postponed. And I felt like if he had got suspend, like they announced his suspension at the beginning of the month, which was his like second postponed court date, right? Mm-hmm. And he had got suspended the expected six games. I think they would have traded for Kareem Hunt. Because I know Jarvis and Kareem are tight, and like they do have no running backs really behind Kamara because Mark Ingram's over 30. He, he can't be that every down guy for you. So you got to be like, Kareem's right there. If you can get him for like a fourth or a fifth, then you're like, we can get you for one year, come and fill in for Alvin because they do some more roles when you mm. watch them. So you're like, you're not losing too much, but you have to watch and see what that happens. If how long Kareem is going to stay in Cleveland for that whole thing to play out. Well, the comment Pats or Miami and still could be a good match. That's not bad. That's not bad. And Miami got Jerome Baker. I believe, I believe at the so. mic. I believe so. Hmm. Yeah, you... Miami doesn't have a fit for Roquan. Roquan... You, could, you could technically put Roquan on the edge too. Yeah, but he he plays he plays a mic. Yeah, I, I know, and he, and he played that mic well at, at UGA as well. Uh, but but I mean... Patriots maybe, but Patriots don't like paying much guys. Like they didn't even want to pay JC Jackson. But, yeah. That's, so what what makes you think they'll pay an all pro linebacker who's under twenty seven? <laughs> now, Allison, I gotta ask you this because I know we had this discussion last week. So I know you saw the Pro Football Hall of Fame take place. Uh, who is your? Actually, wait, hold on. We got a comment. Oh, Alandon is the middle, and Jerome is the weak. Alandon Robinson is in the middle. on the weak side. So I mean, you could put him in the middle. Well. Okay, this is actually ironic when you think about it, saying Miami, because Roquan's upset about owner dysfunctionality in Chicago, and we all know what the, what is going on in Miami <laughs> right now. Why would you want to even touch Miami with a six-foot pole? Yeah. Okay, well, dog, I'm going to give you – I know you want to give him in uh, Miami. So, I'll say it, it, awesome. it has to be a place where he fits in. His personality fits in. And if he has issues there, If B-Flow was work? in Miami, I would have been with it. But I don't know what this regime is like for him to go in. But I know, uh, did Dante Hightower retire? I know he's getting up there in age, so maybe um, New England looks there. But JC priced himself out of New England, which is true. But Roquan is going to get as much, like, not as much money as what JC got, but he wants to be a top linebacker in the league. Like, he is a top linebacker in the league, and he wants to be paid like one. Mm. So you're like, New England ain't paying that. Uh, Now, Washington, 
Washington, I think, but they have just as bad owner dysfunctionality too because they just have a giant hole in linebacker position right now. I don't trust their ownership either. So, Allison, yeah, like I was saying, I wanted to ask you, like, so as far as the class of 2023 for next year goes, who should be in the Pro Football Hall of Fame class of next year? I know a lot of people are definitely buying Ken Riley. A lot of people are saying Rondé Barber. Uh, some people are saying Heinz Ward. You have anyone in mind? I know you just had a Saints go a Saints player going in Sam Mills. Not Sam Mills. Was that his name? It is. It is Sam Mills. It is Sam Mills. We had okay. we had Lamoy Butler go too for Florida State. So Lambo yeah. leap, um, which was cool. Uh, it's always neat when when you see our local guys do it. You know, it, it's it's yeah. that local tie. So being a local sportscaster, I, yeah. uh, Ken Riley would be great. Um, Honestly, have not kind of questions kind of throw me for a loop a little bit. I'm not even gonna lie to you. Um, yeah, I'll name that far ahead. <laughs> but I'll yeah, I mean, any, anytime you can have. I mean, I think some people are long overdue, and that would be a guy or a Heinz. I mean, th- those guys are long overdue. Um, so for a, a 2023, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I will. I'll say like you know you got Heinz Ward coming up. You got. Fred Taylor's another guy. A lot of people are saying Tony Baselli opened the door for him. Yeah, um, I would agree with that. Oh my goodness, Devin Hester's somebody else that's coming up. Yeah, um, really, we have a lot of competitive DBs coming up in this class. Uh, oh my goodness, who else is there out there? There's, there's so many names I can't even think of it right now. Honestly, I, I, Ronde. We already said Ronde. Oh, sorry. Um. Jeez. Let's see. Oh my goodness. I'm I'm trying to I'm drawing a blank with this. Well while I've drawn my blank, I'll come back to it. If you have another if you have a, a reply. Miami like big fish, this will be a good pickup. Oh yeah. Said James Harrison. I've just I just did a quick Google search on like twenty five. Harrison will get in. Yeah. All right, so a couple of guys. Would be Jerome Eric Davis Allen. Is another one. That's another big one. Darren Woodson. You have Andre Johnson. Tory Holt is not in yet. Uh, Anquan Bolden. Uh, yeah. Johnson and Bolden. You have Robert Mathis, Alabama A&M product. Yeah, Mathis will get in. Yeah. He should be first ballot. Devin Hester definitely should be in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, he should definitely get in. Him as a return man alone should get him in. Yeah. I want to see, aside from my bias with Rondo Barber and Ken Riley, I would honestly like to see a physical wide receiver like Hines Ward get in. I really would. Hines Ward, honestly, is probably one of the toughest. One of the, yeah, one of the toughest Pittsburgh Steelers wide receivers, one of the toughest wide receivers in the league I've never seen play in my life. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, this is a good, it's a good list. I'm sitting it really here looking is. at it too. All right, I'm gonna ask Allison this question because this is one is kind of it's kind of hilarious to watch. You, I like I stopped watching ESPN for a while, and then you see for some reason I get suggested Michael Thomas. The whole thing with him for like top ten receiver coming out this year now, and I know Nick Underhill, who covers them, said on the Pat McAfee show today at practice he's looking like a 2019 version of himself, like. He is 100% full go. 
and then you watch uh, Mad Dog or whatever his name is, right? He says how mm-hmm. he he he's not even going to be a top ten receiver, and it's like he won't even get into the Hall of Fame off of what he's done so far. But Cooper Cup with one year, one good year of Cooper Cup will get in over him. Dude, I saw him. I was like, this is a thing, and this is how I feel about. This is the difference between the talking heads on the networks and like what I do. So what I do is I try to stick to the facts and I try to tell you what happens, what the coaches say, what the players say, versus these guys that get on TV. And a lot of them, I believe, do things for the attention they get, the likes, the shares, the I can't believe they just said that type things. So I'm going to go with what the Saints are saying about Michael Thomas. He's been kicking butt. That's what we're in one on ones. Was it yes. seven on uh, the eleven on elevens today? He had four targets, four catches, four touchdowns. Yeah. So that's what you go with. I mean, if and whatever happens the in the future happens in the future, but you got to go with what the coaches are saying, what his teammates are saying, and by all accounts, he's shown up to camp. So that's what you have to take from it. Um, that's just again my opinion on what I do versus the opinions of these talking heads on the national networks. So I like to try to stick to the facts. What, what you do is facts. way better than what they do. I'm- yeah, honestly, brother, what you do yeah. is way better. Honestly, I, I will, I'll believe it from you way before I believe it from even on sports talk radio, just like listening to it in, the, in my truck. Well, like I said, a lot of those people are just trying to get viewers and trying to get the attention of it and stuff. So it's network television is a lot different than, than local TV. Um, and that's whether it's news or sports. So, again, going with what the practice reports have been, they've been positive. So that's what I'm going with. <laughs> and I do believe they have not ruled him out for uh, the game, uh, the preseason game this week against the Texans. So I do expect him to play, yeah. and I do want to see him go against Stingley. Yeah. Even though it'll be Andy yeah. Dalton at quarterback, that is going to be fun to watch. Uh, either Olave or Thomas against Stingley is going to be so much fun. Yeah, Olave versus Stingley might be nice. Preseason, you have to take it with a grain of salt, too, because it is preseason. Yeah. But it is exciting, and it's football, and I think that it's a good time, you know, depending on how many reps he gets, for for guys to kind of show up and say, look, you have all this to say about me. This is what I'm going to do. I want to see how how violent the routes are coming back is when he was playing it. Those routes, they're not like, you know, like a Devontae Adams slippery route. It's more of a violent, just like, it's a stop-go kind of, wait, what just happened with me? Going the wrong way kind of thing. So you're like, I just want to see how it works with the foot. And if it goes good, that's where, uh, yeah, there's going to be some issues coming out of um, the NFC South with that two-man race. But yeah, absolutely. Anybody want to talk about the issues of Auburn? Oh uh, yeah, we can go ahead and slide over. Yeah, I don't know if, if is that is that safe for Allison to talk about? Yeah, I mean, oh, I get um, it. I can stick to the facts. I mean, I think that um, you know, from what it was, he was on a motorcycle without a helmet, right? Uh, he evaded police, and they said it was a misunderstanding. Oh, mm. I, mean, I, I don't look. know how that. I don't. Again, I don't really understand. Misunderstanding on which side? I'm just curious. Like, misunderstanding, like, the police chasing the wrong on him. That he didn't pull over. 
Oh, so yeah, he didn't realize they were chasing him. He got him. it. It was for like elude, I wrote it down. I think it was for eluding police, is what the charge was. So okay. again, do you feel bad for a guy like that? No, but Harson was like, "Oh, he's here tonight. He's going to be here tomorrow for practice." So. And there's one thing I want to add to that about Auburn in general. See, and I've again, you know. Shame me if you must. I uh, had relatives playing the SEC. Oh my gosh, you have relatives playing the SEC. He watches SEC football on Saturday. He's a terrible person because he doesn't just like ACC ball. Whatever. The truth of the matter is, is if you listen to a lot of old heads talk about Auburn back in the day in the SEC, I'll tell you firsthand, Auburn was a very tough outing for a very long time. Auburn was one of those things where you used to like just you had to really nut up or shut up when you played them because they were such a physical brand, much like LSU was back then too. And a lot of people look at them now and say, you know, Auburn is a team that does not strike fear into everyone's mind anymore. You, they look at Auburn like just another game, like how they look at Tennessee and Vanderbilt, and it's the truth. So I think adding on to this of TJ Finley getting arrested and Brian Harson being completely okay with that and still being there, I say Auburn has lost some of their edge, honestly. I, I, I firmly believe that. Yeah, I mean, I think I, I think any time you, when you're talking Oh, she, it, it dropped her. The, the internet dropped. It, it, it did, but she'll, she'll be back. So, I know we she'll be back. It's be good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's back. I'm just I'm just I'm just clowning Auburn because it feels like they haven't had anything go right for them since the uh, return oh, six or whatever it was called. You know, kick six. So, yeah, no, they, yeah, they, kick six. They haven't. <laughs> Wait, yeah, Allison, go ahead. I'm 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 back. I I'm, I apologize, guys. This is embarrassing. You're fine. Um, <laughs> You're good. You're good. I, I was just going to say, I, I think anytime you look at college athletics and you look at what happens to players and the punishment, I almost think you have to look at the player. Are they indispensable to the team? What position do they play? How important are they for the success of this fall? Um, when I was at, why am I drawing a blank on his name? Uh, when I was at Florida, when I was at school at Florida, and they were about mm. to play in the SEC championship game, Carlos Dunlap fell asleep at the wheel. And Carlos Dunlap was a key piece to that Gator team that year. He was drunk. He fell asleep at the wheel. A police officer drove up behind him, had to, like, honk the horn. He didn't wake up. Um, and he was arrested. Urban Meyer sat him that week. And they he didn't play. And I, I was floored. I was shocked that a, a player of that status and that caliber uh, was sat. But that doesn't happen everywhere, and I don't think it happens every time. Um, I think you can, you know, when it comes to Florida State, I think you can look at some of the Jameis Winston stuff that, that happened at Florida State. You can look when at Peter Ward. How long was it allowed to go on? Um, mm -hmm. So I think a lot of times you have to look at, at the player, who they are, their importance to the team, and mm -hmm. why they can get away with certain things when other players can't. Um, I'm not saying that's what this, that's what happened in this case, but it's always interesting to me when things do happen, 
to see the punishment. Does the punishment fit the crime? I mean, you could even relate that to some of the NFL stuff we were talking about earlier. It's always very interesting to me to see kind of what happens and who it happens to and, and kind of what position they play. Um, but yeah, I thought it was interesting that, that there was really, it was really kind of like, okay, yeah, no, no big deal. You know, he spent a couple hours in jail. He's going to be a practice tomorrow. Okay. Like uh, it was like not a thing. It was very odd to me that Harson didn't make a big deal about it. I don't understand who he's addressing, like TJ Finley or. Oh, I just oh, don't like that. They can suspend him that year. Disregard that. Okay. <laughs> I don't think they meant to type okay. that. <laughs> good. All good. All good. Um, but yeah, no, I'm totally, I'm totally with you. Yeah. I mean, I think you said something about Peter Ward too when he was at Florida State. Uh, Bobby yeah. Bowden did the right thing. He suspended him. And yeah. A key game against Miami. Yeah. And like. That you know, that's hey, that takes a lot of guts to do. But see, the thing is, is Bobby Bowden actually came out and you know spoke about that. He was saying, you know, I have no problem with giving the kid a second chance because I don't know where I'd be if someone had to give me a second chance. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, now yeah, see, James. I think Wins- everybody deserves a second chance too. I'm not. I'm not saying that. Mm-hmm. I think everybody deserves a second chance because everybody does stupid things, especially when you're. 19, 20 years old. I mean, I remember being 19 and 20 and doing dumb things. I mean, it's just what you do. It's a rite of passage. Um, But to have zero consequence is just, it's a little weird to me. And again, how, I mean, the comment he gave was like, yeah, he's here today and he'll be here tomorrow for the first day of practice. I mean, there was nothing done. It was, it was strange. Um, Like you didn't address it at all. It's kind of. That's what I mean when I say that's not the only Yeah, it's kind of like pushed to the wayside. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but Jimbo, or I was um, saying, like, I don't like how they suspend the... Okay, I do not understand who he's referring no, 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 no. to. Referring to Will Greer. Oh, oh Will like, Greer, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah okay. I remember so, that, too. The thing, the, the, and I will speak on that because I know of the situation. So, what... There's a list of things that you can not test positive for. Um, so when that happened, it, it was cough syrup, if I'm not mistaken, that, that he it took because he was sick. Yeah, I don't know what it was. I don't know what. But he took it. He popped positive, And so they had to suspend him. That's NCAA. That wasn't the University of Florida. And I, remember, right. I was here in Tallahassee when that happened. And we talked to Florida State about that. When athletes get sick, they have to tell the trainer. And the trainer has to make note this is why they're sick. This is what I'm giving them. And they report it. So if, the, if a drug test, po- test positive or something, they know what it's from. From what I understand, that did not happen with Will. Will took it on his own, didn't tell anybody. So when he tested positive for the substance that was in the cough medicine, that's mm. why he was suspended. So that's why the Florida State trainers, they were telling us, these kids have to, they tell us everything. And we report everything, and we control what medicine they take because of that, that instance that happened with Will Greer. So that's why the Will Greer situation is a little bit different. And and I'm not saying that I disagree with with that comment and the person that commented that, but that's why that happened was because Will apparently took medicine on his own and didn't report to the University of Florida. Wow. This is why I'm sick. Give me medicine to counteract that. He just took it on his own. 
Oh yeah. I mean, the university has to know everything that goes in these kids' bodies uh, for that, for that specific reason. But that is what happened with Will Greer. Cause I remember when that happened. I did not know that. Like that entire detail thing, you know, I only remember that it was cough medicine and it, like, and I thought it was Robitussin and I just remember it feeling really been. bad. And, but that's why it was like, he got suspended for that. But that's why yeah. is because all that medicine has stuff in it. And it, and I yeah. don't quote me on this, but I believe it's what it is. The, the substance that, that he, that can be in cough medicine can also be in a performance enhancing drug. So it it's, can. it's questionable. It can. Did he take the PED or did he take the cough medicine? That's why you have to have your trainer prescribe you everything. That way when exactly. you do test positive, the trainer can be like, no, last week, I gave him this medicine and that's why he popped positive. So that's exactly. why. And this is my, this is my doctorate program coming out of me. I just, I took this class last quarter. This is why there are certain, based on the toxicology, I'm going to take up floor real quick. Based on the toxicology of specific types of prescription drugs and drugs out there, some drugs that are certain schedules for certain classes are over the counter for a specific reason. Certain prescriptions yeah. are things that you cannot get access to without a written doctor prescription. Certain classes are things that you can only get in the pharmacy off of the shelf for a specific reason based on how strong they are. Now, like certain medications that you get doctor prescription written up, you got to get that out of pharmacy. And they keep track of how many times you get it. She'll, she'll be she back. got booted again. She'll be back. But yes, so that's that's how it works and everything. So based on the class, yeah, yeah, no, it is crazy. But yeah, based on the class, it determines how strong said drug is. So like, mm. yeah, it's, I, I don't want to get into specific details and give a whole lecture about it. I've done that enough today. But yeah, uh, I want to hear Jimbo finally apologize. I want to I want to hit on this because I know it's getting late. And I know we have an hour limit that we want to do this on, but I want to hit on this as the last thing for tonight with Allison. Uh, I, I know she saw it, and I know she remembers it very well. The 10 a.m. press conference, going off on Nick Saban, and then all of a sudden he gets to media day and he he apologizes. And thankfully and unfortunately, Alabama and Texas A&M weren't there the same day, but. Basically, like Will Anderson and company basically said, you know, oh, we heard about it. We'll see him. We'll see him in Tuscaloosa on the eighth. Jimbo comes up there and says, I hate that it got to that point. Allison knows Jimbo better than any of us. So I'm, I'm going to let him. <laughs> I mean, this, this is, I'm going to give you my whole take on, we're going to go back to when this first happened. The whole thing to me was comical because the fact that they're sitting there accusing each other of not recruiting and not paying players when they recruit and stuff is absolutely mm -hmm. ludicrous to me because mm -hmm. recruits have been getting paid since the beginning of time. It's just now you can do it legally. Mm -hmm. So for me, it was hilarious that Saban even accused Jimbo of what he was doing in the first place. And then Jimbo says that I didn't recruit or I didn't pay recruits. I'm like, yeah, the, 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 like we've all heard of the $100 handshakes. And I'm not saying, like, I'm not accusing them of doing any of that. I just thought it was comical because I'm like, guys, look, like, everybody knows this is what goes on in college football. Um, 
I just, I, I, I don't know why he apologized at SEC Media Days. I mean, if, if, if it was me, I just, I mean, it's water under the bridge. Like, I don't know. Again, the whole thing was so comical to me. And the fact that he got so worked up, Jimbo got so worked up over it mm-hmm. was, was, was pretty on point with Jim. I mean, Jim was a passionate guy. I mean, he was a passionate guy yeah. when I covered him at Florida State. Um, mm-hmm. But I just thought the whole thing was so comical. And then what was the icing on the cake was that when – I don't, you guys probably saw the video of the A&M recruits that were on the yes. field and somebody filmed yes. it. And the coach pointed to the stands and was like, you know, those guys up there are, are, are going to pay – or whatever they said. Basically – completely contradicting what Jimbo was just preaching about in his press conference about how they don't, they didn't lure kids to A&M with all this money. So mm-hmm. again, everybody does it. If you don't think your program is paying players under the table, I have news for you. It happens. It's been mm-hmm. happening for decades. It's just now. It doesn't work for USF. It's actually, it does really- not work for USF. <laughs> Exactly. Please, I wonder why Arch Manning picked Texas. Of course, dude, of course. Hey, you, you, hey, you said it, not me. You said it, not me. <laughs> it took me a long time. Oh, oh, she'll be back. I had to call before from Ashton. But um, it's actually kind of ironic. I was watching the Pony Express this morning while I was getting ready to go work out before I go to class. And if you don't know what the Pony Express is, it's the story of SMU football. And how everything basically came out, and SMU got the death penalty. I know, I know, Allison knows about the Pony Express. Yeah, I know, I know the Pony Express. I was just like, you're, you're going to that break. Uh, that's that's great, 30 for 32, if you haven't watched it on exactly. the whole SMU debacle. You, yeah. yeah, I mean, this is the thing with this is the thing with college, and I cut out for a minute, so I, I kind of miss what you guys are talking about. But this is the thing with college football, and this is why I think the whole landscape of college football is changing. Appreciate what we have now, because in the next decade and maybe even sooner, college football, in my opinion, will never be the same. I think it's going to be ruined. I think money's going to ruin it. The transfer portal has already started to taint it a little bit. NIL has already started to taint it a little bit. I think the rich are going to get richer poor are going to get poor and what's going to happen to those kind of middle ground teams that can't afford the arms race. Um, I think a lot of, if these super conferences develop, like they're talking about, I think a lot of the regional rivalries that we're used to and that we love and what makes college football, college football, I think they all go away. And I don't think Saturdays will ever be the same. And it breaks my heart. Um, But I I mean, I could, I could, I could talk for an hour on this guys. I just, College football is, is not appreciate what we have today because it's not going to be the same. Um, a guy Ashton asked you this one when you dropped out, so we saved it. How's that? Girl, how's FSU, FSU going to do this year? <laughs> uh, uh, I, this is my take with FSU. If Jordan Travis can stay healthy, I think they win seven or eight games. If Jordan Travis gets hurt. Mm. Things could get tough. Uh, Tate Rodemaker is the backup behind, and then they have the true freshman, A.J. Duffy, who did enroll in the spring, but he's still a true freshman. Um, mm. I'm not sure if Tate can fill those shoes that Jordan has, and Jordan has had an electric fall camp. Like, I mean, just 
he has looked perfectly on point. Um, if Jordan can stay healthy, I think they can get eight wins. I really do. They do have a pretty tough schedule this year. But yeah. I think Florida's down. They do have to go to Miami, which concerns me a little bit. Uh, the LSU mm-hmm. game obviously concerns me a lot. Um, yes. But if, if Jordan can stay healthy and they can keep this, this team healthy, I think they can win seven or eight games. I honestly, sincerely believe that. We were yeah. talking about this last week, and I want to get your opinion. How hot of a seat do you think Mike Norvell's seat is? If Jordan, if Jordan stays healthy, and they only can produce five wins, if Jordan's healthy, I think the seat gets a little hotter. If Jordan gets hurt, I don't think you, you can hold that much against him. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I do think they become bowl eligible this year. And if they become bowl eligible, which hasn't happened three of the last four years, I think Norvell is fine. I think Norvell should be fine. Um, you know, you can't count that 2020 season. You can't because of COVID. You can't count that season for anybody. Um, right. I think that he's accessed the transfer portal very good. He's brought in fantastic guys. I mean, the offensive line has like 11 guys they are rotating in and out, which is unbelievable. Um, you right. know, they, they picked up some guys to replace Kier Thomas and Jermaine Johnson, who are obviously big guys on the defense. They picked up mm-hmm. a couple other key transfers. So, again, it, it really, for me, hinges on Jordan. If Jordan can stay healthy, I, I think they're good. But I, th- I think Norvell's going to be okay. If, if, they can, if they can become bowl eligible and do what they need to do, I think Norvell's fine. Where it becomes kind of hairy – is if Norvell stays healthy and they only can have about five wins, then you have to start talking about it. Okay, I, I, I can get with that. I can get with that. That's kind of how I kind of feel it. It'll shake out for them. I think the LFU game is a big test for them. Honestly, I think if a lot of people are saying they can beat LSU, I, I don't know. I mean, a lot's changed in bad. I don't know. Years. I mean, the thing with LSU is they have a new coach, so you never know how that's yeah. going to go. And. Brian Kelly does win regular games. Regular season. Well, you know what I mean. Like, regular season games is when he wins. Playoffs. I see that comment. And I don't, I don't know. I don't know about that because I'll tell you something about the Florida. I have zero faith in Florida this year. year. It's at the end of the year. So, they're going to be two very different teams than what we see those first couple weeks of the season. Florida has mm-hmm. a brand new coach. I think it depends, yeah. again, on Anthony Richardson with Florida. How does he do? Mm-hmm. Is he the quarterback that they say he's going to be? But Florida lost a lot of guys. And yeah. Florida State arguably should have beaten Florida last year. And I don't, Florida's gonna be, I don't think Florida's going to be as good of a team this year as they were last year. And I think Florida State has the potential to be a better team than they were last year. So, And that game's in Tallahassee this year. And this is coming and from Florida alone. Which is super weird. But it's on a Friday night this year. And this is coming from a Florida alum. I am a Florida alum, full disclaimer. So keep yeah, that in so, mind. <laughs> yeah, I can I, so I can we'll definitely see. see it. Anthony Richardson reminds me of a less accurate Trey Lance. Or I was gonna say a lot worse and say like Taysom Hill with an arm. And that's not saying much. I like I like AR. I do. I like AR and Oh, he Lord. comes in and he does like really good, but when he's like playing multiple like series, you know, it's like he's not as good as but when I he came also, in like every other play and he killed him. I'll say this I don't like how they use between how Mullen used to 
flip-flop Anthony and Emory last year. I thought it was weird. Yeah, that, that was, I didn't think that any weird. quarterback. Yeah. I didn't think any quarterback could get in a rhythm. You got to leave one guy in and stick with him. And, and I think if he would have let Anthony in more, I think that he could have found more of a groove. So I don't even know if we've truly seen all that Anthony Richardson can do. And I, I truly That's believe true. that. I think he's a heck of a quarterback. And he's huge. The guy's built like a linebacker. He's a big dude. Facts. Big facts. I'm just messing with but like He comes in every play and he's like, good. Like every other play, he'd have that one big moment. And then like when you see him in the series, like you are saying, without the rhythm, like he'd play two series and then he'd be out. And you're like, he doesn't look as, you know, he looks like not that great. But then you're like, Emory Jones was horrible most of the year last year, especially in that UCF game. I, it was. That whole, that whole thing, Mullen, I didn't understand any of that last year. Oh, me neither. I, I and none of us did. Any of it. And I, I think it's. Oh, man. All right, let's move it on, but we're going to yeah. wrap it up for Hot Topics. Well, yeah, hot Topics ain't got much. I was going to say, we were just going to wrap it up. But um, yeah, I, I agree with her because, honestly, I think it, it kind of shows because Dan Mullen's not coaching right now, and he's not he's not anywhere this season. I think he's just going to go to TV, work for ESPN. Yeah, Allison, I agree with you. I think it's evident because Dan Mullen's going to TV for a reason this year, and I think he's going to stay on TV. Exactly. But folks, that's going to do it for us this evening. We hope you've enjoyed. Um, we want to thank Allison for joining us. We we got so deep into the discussion. Yeah, you have to get you have to give the description for those who haven't who don't know Allison. You gotta say like what she does, where to find her on social media and all that. Come on, yeah. You see how you stay he keeps me on my toes. I gotta keep yeah. him toes, man. Like he does. I gotta keep him honest. Gotta keep him honest. You know, I got my medicine cap. I got my medicine little things and stuff in the tray for Monday through Friday. He lets me know what day it is to take my pills and stuff. So oh, nice. He does that good stuff for me. He he's a good. Uh, I don't. How do I say mentor for this team? <laughs> I should say it like that. But um, yeah. Listen, let, let them know where, where they can find you on social media. So I'm on social media, Allison Posey 14, A-L-I-S-O-N-P-O-S-E-Y-1-4. That's my Instagram and Twitter handle. Um, and then on Facebook, just sports director Allison Posey. So Big Ben, South Georgia, college, high school. I'm, I got it all. Uh so yeah, give me a follow, and uh, I'll hopefully be back on here sooner than later. Hopefully, the schedule, cross fingers, allows it. Exactly. We would love yeah. to have Allison back again once a month, like we used to do. Definitely got to got to make it happen, especially during football season. Got to make it happen. Absolutely. Absolutely. But as always, you know, we appreciate you, Allison. Um, thank hey, you very much. Hey, thank you for keeping Thanks for having me. It was, it was a great show. I mean, guys, be your friend, tell a friend. Also, tell them uh, Allison Posey came on the show, and she gave us some very good insights, yeah. whether on HBC on the quarterback breakdown or some other things. So I'm not going to spoil because you have to come and watch the show to find out what she said. 
Exactly. But as always, you know, y'all stay safe, y'all stay blessed. We'll see you next week.